but the process is loud and it's nasty and it's not fun to have these character flaws explode in your face. And I said, I feel like I'm just in this game now where I just got to keep redeveloping myself. And he was like, welcome to the game, Steven. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is a welcome to true entrepreneurship. Yeah. Most don't survive what you're going through right now, which is why they get out. It's not, hasn't, doesn't have to do with their product. It has nothing to do with their ability to be, yeah. their self-development issues. You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Think Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and oh my gosh, guys, how do I even introduce this podcast episode? <laughs> so I have, as you guys know, like I do, most of my episodes are just me. And the reason is, is because I feel like, and I stated this heavily at the beginning of the, the podcast, I didn't want this podcast to turn into one of those things where the content was just whoever I could get on an interview, right? I'm going to interview my way to success. I wanted it to be able to like actually be super excited about the people that I interviewed and like only bring on people that there's a reason to interview them. Like not like have to hype up like, oh yeah, they grew 500 followers on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like something that actually like the people that we're bringing on here are quality and that I get excited about, not just for the sake of interviewing people. And my next guest, our next guest, oh man, Mr. Steve Larson. I, 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 gotta, I gotta do this intro here. Our next guest is one of the most entertaining and certainly the most energetic people to watch uh, on probably on the entire planet for sure in, in his industry. He was uh, a rebel as a child. He ran away from home, I think. We'll probably get into that. He uh, went on to go trade funnel builds for laptops and hotel stays, basically bargained his way to success uh, at the top to get around the right people. He has personally built over 500 funnels for Russell Brunson and was Russell Brunson's right-hand man. He has coached thousands of entrepreneurs responsible for tens of millions of dollars in revenue. He is the original Energizer Bunny. He <laughs> is the king of offer creation, the capitalist pig, Mr. Steven Larson. Welcome to the Think Different well, That's a huge uh, thanks, man. First of all, I, uh, that's quite the intro. Yeah. I didn't know most of that about myself. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe you did if you, you sat down and thought about it. I feel like you could probably pull that out. Uh, man, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. I know your schedule is absolutely insane. And to even get you on an interview uh, is, is quite the task because of how things run in your world. So thank you for being on here. I appreciate it. Anything for you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So there's a, there's a saying by Russell Brunson, right? That we all follow religiously, hook, story, offer. There's not really going to be an offer on the end of this, I, I suppose. I don't really have anything to pitch, but hook and story. Let's hook them in. Uh, most people come to you and I've watched a lot of interviews of you and, and the content that you do. And we come to you and we go, Steven, how do you make us rich? Help us make a lot of money. I wanna, I wanna take a little bit of a different approach. I wanna open up a new side of you maybe that a lot of people maybe haven't seen before and ask you questions that are maybe out of the ordinary. 
but specifically focusing on and starting with the identity shifts that you've had to go through in your life. I mean, you killed yourself and then came and created this new person and have gone in and created Steve Larson and who he is today. Uh, hook us in. Tell us a little, I know you love stories. So what's the hook? What are, we, what are you going to share with us today that can get people excited about this? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, um, I'm at this point now where, you know, it's funny because of the One Funnel Way Challenge, my own programs, all the stuff that I do, it's easily like 20,000 people that I've brought now through a lot of this stuff. And, and um, the patterns become the same. It doesn't matter what I teach them so much as like, like I can go teach the coolest stuff ever, but if they don't actually have a good enough relationship with themselves, they can't even execute the models I'm talking about in the first place. So I love that you're doing this because like, I will admit, like I kind of made fun of the self-development thing a little bit. Like, you know, I'm, I'm developed. What are you talking about? You know? And then going into this personal development space, like entrepreneurship is the best personal development course you never enrolled in. Right. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, cause it's real and raw and it sucks throughout. And frankly, when I started the game, I was very shy. Um, not many people knew of me because I kept my mouth closed a lot. Uh, when I was in high school, it was about a third or fourth year. Um, I was almost done with high school. And finally this teacher came up to me and she goes, Stephen, I'm so proud of you. I was like, why? She goes, because I can hear you. And I said, wait, really? She goes, yeah, you were so quiet when you spoke. All your voice was like in the back of your throat is very shy. You're pulled back really reserved. She's like, I'm so proud of you. I can hear you. You project. And I was like, ah, wow. That was the thing to compliment me on. And um, I was so afraid and nervous and like, Afraid may not be the, the term for it. I just had no confidence, super, super low self-esteem and uh, no fault of my own of how I was raised, no fault of on. I don't know why I was just keyed that way a little bit. Um, it's really overweight. And it's funny because like, I mean, I, I got mercy graduated from high school, um, straight D's in all science, English, math, foreign language, like all the foundations. I got A's in all the extracurricular things because they were just like show upgrades. Um, but, uh, I got mercy graduated, you know, and I remember there's this key moment for me in high school. Uh, I remember where I was standing, even I was standing in this hallway and I was like, enough, like I'm, I'm sick of being fat. Right. And I had to have be, get honest with myself. You're not that fat. No, no, no. Larson, you're fat. Right. And the same mentality is something that carried me through a lot of these other pieces. And it's something that I found that not a lot of adults have done. We grow up, we follow these train tracks when the tracks end. It's the first time a lot of times people have to sit back and go, what would I do? And then have the confidence to answer that and then the confidence to actually do their own thought. But people are like, well, I got to do it right. I got to do it perfect. What's the model? How do I do this? They're like, just move. And so it's funny because a lot of things that I teach now is like, it's these models that they do cause cash. The stuff that I did this last week was things that I learned at the very beginning of all of my internet marketing education like six years ago. What's changed is the driver. It's me. Um, and so it's weird because like all these little pieces and these things that I go and execute now and try and help other people do, uh, do, I didn't mean to become a guy that's known for like pushing people into them, getting the crap done. Um, we all thought that I was going to be just teaching marketing, <laughs> not like this, this success framework stuff when it comes to like your own relationship with you. Um, it's kind of an accidental thing, honestly. Um, it started a lot for me when I was, uh, like I said, the way I was raised and uh, uh, growing up going to high school and such like that. When I got to college though, I was struggling and I was going to this counselor and I know you've heard this story, but I was going to this counselor 
and after this counselor was listening to me for a while, he's like, Stephen, you ever been tested for ADHD? <laughs> and I was pissed. I was like, who are you to tell me that something is wrong with me? You know, like that was my mentality and why I was mad. And uh, he's like, you're doing it like right now. Like you should go take the test. You know, I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, like, are you kidding? He's like, you're doing it. Like, take the test. And my wife was there with me. She's like, just go take it. I was like, all right. So I took the test, took it back home. A week later, I brought it there, just totally mad about it, slapping the test back on this desk. And he could see that I was just like breathing fire. My eyes were, were on fire. And uh, he left, came back in the room, <laughs> and he goes, you don't have ADHD, but you have a lot of symptoms of it. And I was like, that's like, isn't that how you decide? Who has right, right. <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? So I, if I do or don't, I don't know. But the point is, is that it became this, this whip and it became this thing that I held in front of myself as to the reason I can't be successful. And I was like, bam, smacking myself with it. Oh, you can't because you're broke. Oh, you can't because uh, you're in the army and won't let you. Oh, you can't because you're, you know, whatever, this, this, that, that. And I, what I found is that it's actually, those are actually the things that also gave me my superpower. Yep. You know what I mean? Like all these things that I thought were my constraint actually ended up being the reason I could succeed. Right. Yep. I do have the twitch in the eye, you know, my brain does go a million miles a second. Uh, I did have to lose a bunch of weight and learn a lot of self-discipline. I did have to go learn, you know, and all these things like, the moment I can get somebody to sit back and say to themselves, you know what? It's time for me to stop lying. You're broke, you know? Right. You're, you're fat. Yeah. You don't know how to make money or you only know how to make money in your job, you know, or whatever that is. And you point at yourself and say, this is what you, where you currently are. Then you can do something about it. And uh, that's such a fun thing to watch a student go through, you know? Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I've heard you talk about a lot, actually, you, you're the one that put me onto the book, uh, uh, the obstacle is the way by yeah. Ryan holiday. Uh, I know you love that book and it's a phenomenal book, but you talk a lot about identity as well. And that's something that I'm big in on the podcast is, uh, talking about like the person that you need to become. And I spoke at go to thought actually alongside you. And we talked about like identifying who you want to become and killing the old version of yourself. That's mm. not capable of achieving that goal and literally becoming this new person. And I remember one of the first emails that I read of yours from start to finish in, in, in its entirety, because you have some <laughs> long emails that you send out sometimes, yeah. was the one though when you talked about the death of, of Stephen, right? And, and the, yeah. how you were born in that. And that resonated with me so much. And so for those, for those people that, that don't know you, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast probably will. Our audiences overlap. But for those of you, them that don't, give us like a, a really quick bullet point of like, your high school till now, just like major points. And then I want to talk about each one of those. Uh, well, maybe not all of them, but the identity shifts that you went through. Because, yeah. dude, I remember, you know Rachel Peterson. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with her. This was back probably two years ago. And she had just, like, she had hit a million dollar mark. And she was, like, now in the process of going to the multi-million dollar and, like, scaling a team and whatnot. Yeah. And I remember sitting, having a conversation with her. And she said, what's crazy to me is that, getting to your first million or your first X, whatever that dollar amount is for you, right? That first million dollars, oftentimes it can be done through hustle. It can be done through strategy. It can be done through tactics. But the personal development game, you think you went through a lot of the personal development game from getting, making your first chunk of cash, whatever that 100,000, a million, whatever that thing is. Once you reach that point, there's like this new thing that happens. You're like, oh snap, this is possible. And then you realize that the only thing that's holding you back from anything more than that is... Yeah 
yourself, your identity and, and your ego, ego is the enemy, another book by Ryan Holiday, like yeah. that's holding you back from that. And I remember you talking about that. And I had, the first time I ever heard you say that, I had no idea what the heck you were talking about. Sure. And then my story and you know, those that have listened to the podcast for a while know that I went through this quarter life identity crisis where I was, you know, crying on the floor and I'd blown like all this money and I had no idea what I was doing with my life. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I know what Steve's talking about. Oh my gosh, I know what Rachel's talking about. <laughs> and you go through that. But so many people, they don't, if you don't experience it, it's really hard to know what that looks like, right? Yeah. So like, talk to us about, you're going back like, dude, you, you were the misfit. You went to the army to run away. Like you did all sorts of crazy stuff. And now you're building multi-million dollar businesses. And actually, let's start there. Before we go back, Steve, why, why are you at where you're at right now? Like, how'd you get into sales funnel radio? What's your, what's the, the next big step? What's the vision for Steve? Like where you at? Yeah. So right now, um, the vision I have right now is, uh, you know, it's funny. I've built so many funnels now. I, when I left click funnels, I was like, I, I love building funnels, but I built a lot of funnels. I'm ready to build a team that builds the funnels. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's pass that off. So that's one of the things we're doing right now. And I'm asked a lot, Hey, you know, will you build my funnel? And I'm like, well, I like building my own right now, but that's an option we probably have. And so something that we're working towards is building a team that can go do that, but like fight mainstream entrepreneurship while we do it, which is to go take on debt and to give away portions of your company and all this stuff. And so we're, we're one of the big things I fight is this thing called the J curve and people who have MBAs or started studying a lot of that um, know what that is, where you go into debt in order to build a business. And I'm vehemently against that. And uh, so I want to fight the J curve and it sounds geeky as I say that, but like um, that's what we want to go do and, and help people grow and blow up their companies without actually giving up portions of uh, without, without taking on debt to do so. But like, yeah. okay, you've built your whole business from scratch. You've yeah. never taken a dime. You've never even invested a dime in your business, right? I mean, it was all basically self-funded, right? Yeah. Outside yeah. Of like like 50 bucks right at the beginning. So like uh -huh. you've done it from scratch. That in and of itself takes an identity shift, right? I mean, like, holy cow, the mindset yeah. that you have to go into doing that as like, I'm going to do this, you know, bootstrapping it. I'm not going to get investors. I'm not going to do all those things, whatever. Like that is totally opposite of what you're going to learn in school and what you do learn in school is totally opposite of mainstream. Totally, yeah. What, what, like, what brought you to that point, dude? Because like, here's the thing. I grew up a lot like that. I'm sitting here and I'm like, I look back at my life five years ago and I thought the only way to build a business was going into debt. I thought the only way to, to go into business was Shark Tank, right? Like, you know what yep. I mean? Like that, the get an investor or whatnot. And I had all these same mental blocks as you and I meet so many people that are in there. You know, my target demo is 1835 roughly. I mean, we're a little bit old, the older demo now, but like, like the, in their 20s, we're sitting here and we're like, I've got all these dreams and ambitions, but I don't know what to do. And you're over here like, I'm going to take on everything and I'm going to go and <laughs> get rid of the Jacob. So like, how does one start believing that they can? Like, how does one, how does one get to a point where you say, I'm going to do this. I have no idea how and become okay with unconventional thinking because you yeah. had to get to that point. I know I did. What yeah. is the backstory to that? What got you to the point where you're like, screw it. I'm okay with the fact that I'm broke. I'm okay, or I'm not okay with it, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with myself. I'm broke, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that. I, this. I am done with this and right. I'm gonna do whatever I can. And then one step further, going and doing it in the completely unconventional way of doing things where people laughed at you the whole way. How do you? Which totally happened. <laughs> um, you know, 
I have a trick and it's a trick that I didn't realize I was doing, but I've, I've recognized that it's one of the patterns in personal development that I've been executing for the last like five years. And it wasn't on purpose, but uh, I find that one way or another, we all will experience this. Um, a lot of it had to do when I couldn't feed my wife, right? When we first got married and a lot of people know that story, but I couldn't feed her. And I'm putting in this situation, this scenario where our back is against the wall, especially mine. You know, and I'm like, I got to figure out how to do this. It's I, like, you know, and you start getting scrappy. I'm a huge, huge, huge believer that stress causes good systems. Good stress causes good systems. And so it's funny because people will sit back and they're like, well, Stephen, I can't do what you're teaching because I'm in the scenario where I am, uh, I work for somebody or I am, you know, this or that. I have a time constraint. I'm broke. I don't have a, and they start, they start trying to, they start trying to find these logical reasons to release themselves from the pressure of moving forward. Much like I was doing with that ADHD guy with the counselor. It's like, oh, I logically can't move forward because of this logical thing, although it isn't. And I'm looking for, the brain wants to find some release. And so if I start to look for a release, I can call myself out on that, knowing that pattern now. And so I have a, I have a trick to get around it. And, and um, this is actually, I've, it's funny, man. I went back and I started drawing this timeline. I wish I could find it. I don't think I finished it. But I started looking and I was like, oh my gosh, I, this has been the pattern in the last like six, seven years. And why I believe it's happened at the speed it's happened at, because I know that's rare. And um, this, this is how, because I mean, I've only been playing the funnel game truly for four years, which is nuts. That's you know, crazy. I've been an entrepreneur for only eight and uh, to own it all and be where we are, like that's rare. And so there's this, there's this thing in my head. I have some very core beliefs. Um, one is that I don't deserve anything. I, I think believing that we deserve, I deserve it. That is garbage. No one owes me a dime. Mm. And I am willing to fight tooth and nail more than the next guy to get at what I want. But and, why? Uh, why does no one owe you anything? No one owes me anything because I think if I sit back and I start saying, I deserve this, I start to have a little bit of entitlement and I start to drink my own Kool-Aid. You know, I'm really afraid of drinking my own Kool-Aid. Um, and Russell talk to me a lot about that as well. You know, that he's, he's also afraid of that as well. Like moment you start sitting back and going like, man, I'm the bee's knees. You're right. <laughs> I'm the cat's meow, bow to me. What happens is you actually tell your audience to remind you how cool you are. But in the, mm. in the, in the process, what happens is your audience starts to distance themselves by default from you because you're asking them to remind you, Hey, this is how cool I am. And by so doing, it means you must be like this. What they want to do is connect with you. Your customers want to connect with you. People want to connect with you. So let them. But when it's this high and mighty traditional entrepreneurship way of like, I'm the entrepreneur, I'm the blessing to this planet, and I have wings in my back because I'm an angel. It's like, I think that's stupid. And I'm like so, super against it. Okay, so it's interesting. I told you this podcast is going to be a little bit different, right? So I'm going to yeah. go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. But is it okay to think that way? Like, I think it's okay. Um, um, like, I mean, it might, it might hold you back, right? You, you might have some people hate you. You might not get where you want to be, but like, let's say I'm like, I'm cool. I'm like, no, I'm awesome. And I think everybody should tell me that, right? Is there a problem with that? Is that inherently wrong? Or is it just going to hold you back from success? Or are you like, look at those people and be like, I want nothing to do with you. I don't think it's wrong. I think it just blocks authenticity. And then people look at you and they're like, I can't connect with you. So my only option is to connect with your product. And if something was wrong with the product or it didn't get shipped the right way or whatever, that's not what represents you. Sometimes 
I'll have something that arrives at someone's house or whatever and I, something got damaged, but then they'll reach out and go, hey, it's got damaged, but it's totally cool. And they've connected with me and now we can still go forward together at the same time. It's, it's just funny how it blocks authenticity. Um, so if, I, I, I mean, man, I'm barefoot as much as I can or where I listen to music as much as I can. Um, I try to confront the dark side in me a lot, uh, which I know is something that not many know of. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, like, there's other people who they want to wear suits all the time. That's totally cool. You know, they want to be professional. They want pictures in front of the Lamborghini. That's I'm totally fine with that. What I care about is that people are themselves louder. Yeah. So if that is you kudos, but if you feel like you have to be somebody else in any business in order to qualify, it's a lie. And if I have to start saying that and I don't quite believe it about myself and like fake it till you make it and I'm faking an identity that's not actually me, people start to smell that. Have you, you know, ever, this, have you ever tried that? Yeah. Like, Try to fake an identity? Yeah, totally. Right. What does that look it, like? It sucks, man, because you end up, like, when I first was launching Sales Funnel Broker, when I'm, I'm wearing a suit there and everything like that, and like, right, I mean, I showed up to Funnel Hacking Live wearing a suit. I wore a suit the whole time, like, and that's okay. I just was, I felt so unclassed, man. Showing up, I was so afraid. I, that was the scary, it was scary enough for me to go through all I did to get there, much less be in the room. Because this was an actual conversation my wife and I had before me getting there is that I was like, I'm broke. Everyone there is a millionaire, which wasn't true, but I thought that. Right. Um, I, I'm not going to be able to compete. There's no way that I'm going to be able to, uh, and I'm really competitive, you know? And so I was like, I don't, I'm showing up to a losing game by default. And um, I started being somebody that I thought equaled success rather than myself louder. And that's what really the attractive character is. It's not turning on something else that you're not. I feel like, and talk to me about this, like it also plays with your self-confidence. It messes up your life, like outside of business, right? Like you're, yeah. you've got to be this persona online. I know when I showed up to the, the ClickFunnels viral event, I <clears throat> took some advice from someone that maybe I shouldn't have taken and I showed up in a suit. So, which is cool if it's your wh- thing. Right, you're listening to watching this. And it's so funny because everybody knows me as the person that's anti-suit. And then the viral video where you're holding the mic in front of me, <laughs> for standing there, you're in like a t-shirt and I'm sitting there in like a, this suit and I'm asking Gary Vaynerchuk and I'm like, gosh, I wish I wasn't in a suit right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> everybody remembers that. And like, it's something that ate at me for a long time, actually, by the way, is sure. because I felt so unauthentic, uh, authentic in that. Right. And, um, it's interesting. One of the things that my family yelled at me for in a loving way uh, at the beginning was they're like, Josh, you're not the same person online as you are offline, you know? Sure. And it just jacked with my identity, jacked with my self-confidence, jacked with my thing because I had to be this person online. So right. how, how does one, how did you get over that? I mean, because dude, it is so scary to be yourself when you're not comfortable with yourself. And it's yeah. like this constant loop of, I need to be myself in order to get over my fear of being myself, but I'm scared to be myself. So I'm not going to be my, and it's like this constant circle of like in the, the solution to getting over being afraid of being yourself is just going and doing it. Right. Right. But like you're scared to do it. And so like, what did you that? do? What? So how do you get around that? How do you get around that? It's like this, you know, thing I, I did a podcast episode not too long ago where I said, you know, pain is pain or fear is your body's or brain's natural reaction to, defending against discomfort, right? It's like, nope, nope, uncomfortable pain. It's like natural. So how did you get around that with fake identities and being this different person? Yeah, you know, it's funny. So, I mean, I've been on my own journey of that and I'm in a constant 
constant game of discovering who I am and creating a cooler relation. I can't wait to meet the 10 years from now, Steve. Mm. He's going to be a killer. I'm so excited to meet him. And it sounds stupid and really kind of creepy talking about it that way, but it's, it's real. Yeah. And, and you redevelop yourself so quickly in this entrepreneurial game um, by, by necessity. Like your business will only grow to the degree that you do. Mm, I love that. It's huge. And so like, that means you got to redevelop a lot. I was talking to Alex Sharfin about it. And I've, I sent him a message on Instagram and I was like, dude, I am in this constant thing now where I'm just, I mean, like, it's like a rock tumbler, right? You put the nastiest rock in this rock tumbler and the, the grosser it is, the cooler it is on the way out. But the process is loud and it's nasty and there's stuff, you know, it's not fun to have these character flaws explode in your face. And, um, and I said, I said, I feel like I'm just in this game now where I just got to keep redeveloping myself. And he was like, welcome to the game, Steven. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is welcome to true entrepreneurship. Yeah. Most don't survive what you're going through right now, which is why they get out. It's not, hasn't, doesn't have to do with their product. It has nothing to do with their ability to be yeah. their self-development issues. And uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it. And he's like, hey, anytime you're walking down the path of entrepreneurship, the moment you begin it, you have these ridiculous, uncomfortable, truly brutally honest character flaws explode in your face. And until you somehow address them, you will not move forward. And uh, when I read that, it was back in college. And I was like, what character flaws? So you got to be self-aware of them. This is like so the way to get around it. Self-aware and so honest. Yeah. And I believe that there are things in this life that you can design, but there's a lot of things you have to discover. And so I can design a lot of, you know, great offer, great product, great funnel, whatever. But there's parts of this you have to discover. And who you are, like, there was a book that sat next to, um, sat next to me when I was sitting next to Russell's, you know, next to his desk or whatever. It was in his old office and there was a bookshelf right there. My desk was a picnic table the whole time I was there. So I sat at this picnic table. It was too high. My chair was too low. So I got all this back pain with my arms up like this the whole time. And <laughs> But there was this book over on the side and it said, it's a book called How the World Sees You. I've never read the book, but I read the back of it like crazy. <laughs> and it said on the back there, you don't learn interesting, you unlearn boring. Huh. I was like, whoa, that's powerful. Hmm. And I started thinking about that more and more and more and how, how interesting that really is. Um, and it became really apparent about two years in to both myself and to Russell that in order for me to personally develop not talking about cash flow or paycheck or anything else. For me to develop further, I had to leave ClickFunnels. And that's why I left. And uh, there's a lot of reasons, but like, that's why. And it was very painful. I mean, yeah. this cushy, plush, amazing job. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. You know, I had so much hate mail coming from that, but I knew, he knew, we all knew like, dude, for your personal progression's sake, you got to leave. So I think being self-aware of your character flaws and then being willing to experience a little bit of pain um, is key. And it's not going to happen unless someone does it. Um, yeah. so some of my tricks is I will, um, this is, this is a big trick of mine actually. And this is it's part of that pattern I was talking about. I noticed it's been happening all along. It's like, yeah. um, ah, I can't remember the name of the book. Um, anyway, we learned that motivation is nothing. Motivation is weak. Motivation sucks. Motivation is like a muscle and it will give out. And I, someone was like, you're a motivational speaker. And I wanted to throw up. <laughs> I was like, no, I am not a motivational speaker. You might find it motivating, but that is not my goal. Um, anyway, what was found is that motivation dies, but what truly changes someone's behaviors is environment. And so I was in an environment when I was first married, we had no money. 
I didn't have an option but to move forward. My back was against the wall. When I wanted to get to ClickFunnels, we had no money. My back was against the wall. I did not have an option. How am I going to get there? I came up with a plan and I had confidence in my ability to come up with a plan and just execute it. Was it perfect? No, right? Um, getting to leaving ClickFunnels, right? Actually, even, even in the middle of it, I begged, begged to be the guy running the fat events that was over there, uh, that were running over there. And when Russell wasn't on stage, I was in his place. And my back was against the wall. A lot of sleepless nights, learning his slides, memorizing his stuff, studying how he moved even physically. Um, because in two days, everyone's flying in, you know? <laughs> uh, leaving ClickFunnels. Man, I freaking declared it before I really even had a plan all the way, uh, which I don't, I'm not telling everyone to go do that. <laughs> uh, I was very ex experienced funnel builder by that time, but my back was against the wall. Motivation sucks. And there was, I remember there was like, probably like three days in after leaving ClickFunnels and I was like, oh my gosh, why did I do this? Motivation left, environment kept my behavior. Um, in the military, right? Man, I'm not going to lie. Those first two days, it sucks. They call it red, red phase in basic and uh, it sucked and they do it on purpose. And I went in the middle of winter. Motivation left real quick, but environment made my behavior change. And so it's a little trick that I've been noticing all throughout. And whenever I, I start to feel my personal development drop, dude, I actively seek discomfort in an environment that is out of my control so that when my motivation sucks, I will still move forward. And what freaked me out this year is that I didn't leave a job. And so I'm like, am I performing at, at starving, level, starving levels like I do when my back's against the wall? So I think if adults can frankly suck up a little bit sometimes, feel a little bit of discomfort and put themselves voluntarily against the wall, no option. They do stuff they had no idea they had the capacity for. I absolutely love everything that you're saying. I got to take a step back though. And I got to go, Steven, that's not normal. Okay. No. Like you're, you're, <laughs> you're spot on. And like we've talked about on this podcast, but the goal of the podcast here, like the whole thing, different theory is to, I mean, is to go ask questions of, of life and share the answers with you. But like, how do you become that person? Like I'm, I'm there right. or, or I'm becoming, there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm well on my way in that sense. Like no, I have totally. yeah, dedicated my life to this. Right. But yeah. like, dude, I, and I, I have a pile of, mindset books and brain works and psychology. I mean, like I, I, this is my geekiness, but like, dude, at 15, 17, 18, 20 years old, I swore when I graduated high school, I made a public declaration that quote, I will never read another book except for the Bible. Okay? <laughs> like that was my public cause I hated it. Right. So I was never going to go to college. I was never yeah. going to read another book, nothing. And now I'm at this point where like I had to go through a transformational journey and like people have heard my journey, but dude, what you just described there is the answer, but that's weird. So like, how, how do you get, like, what did you have to go through? Was it at age 18 or 12 or 30 or like, what, what point was it where you were like, I'm going to make this commitment to put myself in an uncomfortable situation. And I know, I know that like a lot of times, right place, right time of the sure. environment, like you got to hang out with an environment. I'm not saying Russell specifically, I'm talking someone like Russell, like just that environment in general, it could have been anyone that pushes you. And I know for me, like hanging out with higher level thinkers pushes me to that point, but yeah. still at some point, like it's, it's intimidating and scary to hang out with more successful people. Right. Yeah. And, and you feel it, you know, you, if you're not okay with yourself, and you're not okay with being honest with yourself, like you're not going to continue to push yourself and going, you know, to do those things because it is scary because they are smarter than you, better than you. And 
putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, you're spot on. It's like the most amazing thing is why like we just took a huge risk on actually this podcast and dead dumped stupid amounts of risk into, into this. And it's going to be awesome. But like most people don't, they're not at that level yet to where yeah. they're like, ah, I'm going to do this voluntarily. How did you get to that point? Do you even know? Like, because most of the people that I talk to and I've, I do market research like crazy for the podcast, right? Yeah. It's like, Josh, how do I stay motivated, right? Or Josh, how do I just take the first step? I can't stay committed. I like have this idea. I know what to do. But like when it comes to make that decision or when it, you know, like when I wake up in the morning and my mood is off, like something changes, you are okay with putting yourself in uncomfortable positions. You're okay with pushing yourself so that you can evolve and go discover. But most people aren't there. How did you get there? Some of it is personality, for sure. Um, uh, great, great test is the disc test. I'm sure you've taken it, you know, and in there I learned that I'm a loop opener. So while other people go and see, um, how can I finish this or close it? I am constantly, and you're the same way, you know, I, I'm constantly, we could, we could, what if, what if, what if? And uh, it's, that helps, you know, that certainly has helped like crazy one of the greatest gifts that I think really pushed me on this was not having money when we were married, you know, and my dad telling me, no, I won't, I won't float you a little cash till you get that student loan. I got, you know? hold on. I got to stop you there. I believe you, but yeah. I have to ask this because I know so many people ask. Bring it. How truthful, like how, how detailedly accurate is that story? Like how, is were you truly down to last everything? Yeah, <laughs> that was Everything. the story, man. We, we, we couldn't have made it like two more weeks. I mean, it got really freaking tight. It was nuts. So, the, and, I mean, like when you tell that story, it's not exaggerated. And I believe you, dude, because I know you. But I've no, had so sure. many people ask me, they're like, well, I mean, it's a marketing story. And I'm like, I don't think so. But I've got to ask, right? That's so, like, my story. That's your story. There's actually more that was going on. I just have not made peace with that I don't want to actually share. <laughs> That's the watered down version, baby. <laughs> just nuts. Yeah, no, but we all have, and one of the things people ask me is like, well, do I need to be living in a gutter and have that story to be able to qualify? To, right, you know, like, do I need the right duration story? Right, no, no, definitely not. Um, but uh, as far as like getting through that, one of the books, I'm sure you, you, you've probably read it now or, or know about it, uh, that book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yeah, I've, I've heard of it, yeah, or I've seen it. Oh my gosh, that is like, that like purposely, purposely, I'm sorry, perfectly describes the stuff that I'm trying to with this. Um, it's one of the best books I've read in my life. If really? If you're by words, don't read it. If anyone's listening to this, <laughs> there's a lot of swearing in that book. But man, it is like, gosh, it's so good. One of the best books I've ever read. Um, I um, Anyway, so as far as like getting into that mentality though, it is a blessing. This is why I tell people that obstacles the way because while everyone hasn't had been in a scenario where they're, married and have no cash in my exact scenario. Everyone does have an obstacle though. And everybody can think through what that obstacle is. Yeah. Everyone knows. And, yeah. And what's cool is that it's actually a blessing. And what it does is it's an opportunity for somebody to say, my back's against the wall. I have no options here except for this one moving forward. Well, I have two. I could sit and do nothing or I could number two, go actually move forward. Um, and it's actually a blessing because what ends up happening is if you just do this one or two times, you know, and it can take a little while to get through that, that obstacle or whatever that is, you end up gaining the self-confidence where afterwards you're like, I'm ready for the next obstacle, baby. You know, yeah. and they suck because they're real, but, um, 
you start realizing that failure is very made up and that there's just progression and learning. And then I learn and I just get past this other obstacle and past this other piece and your momentum goes up um, and your self-confidence increases and who you are starts to grow. And I think that people feel that from my stuff. People feel it. They know when you're being real with them. They know when it's like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, yeah. I like that. I, that's just really, really good. All right. Um, oh, we have so much to talk about still. Yeah, so, go for it. Uh, kind of on that line and shifting to a little bit of a different topic here, talking about that identity shift. When did you become, like when did your true eye-opening moment happen for you? And what, what I mean by that is, I'm sure there may be several, but yeah, I, I remember very clearly in my life that moment when I woke up one morning and I recognized that the person that I was a year ago or six months ago or three weeks ago had changed. Like I, I remember this moment in my head where I shifted. I call it my abundance shift. Dude, where that's I went, awesome, man. That's so cool. <laughs> I went from scarcity to abundance like that. And I yeah. recognized that. And all, I mean, it's all the mind, right? I mean, like, dude, every, I was laughing. Side note, real quick. I always laugh when people are like, the mind, you know, downplaying the, the value of the mind of this. I can't do it. I'm like, dude, you understand something? Like every thought, every action, every building that's been built, every law that's been passed, every person that's been, like everything has come from here. Like what you believe to be possible, like it's all here. And so I remember the day that I woke up and I recognized that I was in now my abundance portion of my life. And at right. that moment, like I had had shifts that in business before when I recognized like, holy crap, I remember driving down Maple Road right up here. Actually, I was driving Jeep, driving to Walmart when everything clicked for me in business. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know how to make money, right? Like I, I it's, it, never forget that day. But the most life-changing day of my life is I woke up and I was going about my day and I remember recognizing and realizing this point after I had gone through this just major life crisis, essentially, where I woke up and I was like, I am, I'm Josh. Like I'm a new, like I'm totally a new person. I am yeah. not the person I was a year ago, six months ago, a month ago. I live in abundance. I choose to have this new mindset and I push myself every single day. Do you have a moment like that when you woke up and you just had this realization of like, the old person's dead. I killed old Steven, right? I killed old Joshua and I be, have become this. Do you have a moment like that? Moments, you know, and, and honestly, I think all that was happening was an increase in personal capacity. Yep. Oh, right. for sure. Actually, let me rephrase that. It was just an increase in my ability in my capacity. I think everyone's capacity is already there. We just were like, well, I can't do that. And like, it's actually there for you. I was speaking at this event once and um, it was actually for Russell and it was at his event center at his office there. And after it was in the middle of a break and I walked back into his office and I sat down there and I was, I was like, how's it going? I was like, good. He looked at me and he goes, what is it? I was like, I can see who's like getting it. And he goes, you have that already. You got that spot. Okay. You're at that spot now. Okay. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, everyone gets that. I was like, oh. And I go, yeah, I'm standing on stage and I can see who's getting it and those who are not. And, um, and those who are getting it, but aren't probably going to probably do a lot with it. And it makes me feel like I'm judging them. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I, I, he's like, I've got that too. He's like, one of my favorite what I told him is like one of my favorite experiences in what we do is watching somebody as they realize 
my capacity to do all this has always been there. It's just my power in it has increased. Yeah. And that moment is super cool. Um, so for me, I don't know that I have a moment, but I think what ends up happening is people look at like, because I get a lot of people walk up and like, Stephen, I could, do you like speaking on stage? I'm like, yeah, I love it. And they'll also be shocked when I say, I, I, I always get nervous. I always get nervous. Like, yeah. Oh. Of course I get nervous, right? But what happens is they go, they compare themselves to me and they go, I could never do what you're doing. I'm like, well, right now you're not being asked, right? But whatever it is that you're being asked to go do, that's what's causing you to stretch and flex, right? And so they go like, I could never do that. And they think the bar for success equals whatever it is, whoever they're following is. It's not. Yeah. It's whatever is directly in front of them at next step. And you start to realize, it's like uh, Seth Godin has this great book called The Dip. And I love that book. In The Dip, he says, every time we start something new, there's like this excitement. And we're like, I feel progression. I'm moving forward. I feel personal progression and in whatever I'm studying. And you get really stoked about it. And then there's like this plateau where you're like, man, I, I don't, am I progressing? I don't think I am. It doesn't feel like I'm progressing. And then after a while, and it's undisclosed how much time it takes for each of us, we don't feel like we're progressing, but we really are. Yeah. And then we hit Huge. the next thing and we're like, I'm progressing and I feel it and it's exciting. And then we hit another plateau and he goes, look, you can literally measure someone's success based on the number of dips and plateaus they've endured. Um, but most will fall out during a plateau or when it starts to get all hard because they're like, I'm not they learning anymore. Or yeah. maybe it's not for me. And you're like, no, that was the obstacle that you were supposed to go blow through. Yeah. No, that's huge. That's Everyone absolutely huge. I, and I, I call them, you know, removing the limits of your mind, right? You've got these mental blocks in your head. Like, are, are, do you know anything about quantum physics? A little bit. Okay, dude. It, oh my gosh. <laughs> the most. I know you've been studying it. You said dude, that. Yeah. The most mind-blowing thing you will ever study in your whole entire life. You think business is cool? And don't get me wrong. I love business. It's still my baby. But like, I do not want to be a quantum scientist, but oh my gosh, it is so <laughs> But it explains like your things, hobby topic. I love it. Right. It, it explains law of attraction. It explains manifestation. It explains that like, dude, really, really quick. Like we're 0.0001% physical and 99.99999% energy. And quantum physics basically says that we're all connected because a subatomic particle can be in an energy format and a solid format at the same time. Okay. That's so so now, cool. yeah, now think about it. I mean, like we're all connected and all that things. But so you, you look at that and then you take it to your brain and you go, any information, any knowledge is out there, right? God created the universe. He's not hiding anything from us. He gives it to us, all of it. We right. just have to learn how to access it. We literally just have to learn how to go and figure it out and discover. There's nothing that, has, that isn't out there that someone or something doesn't know about. We might discover something brand new, but it's not like it wasn't there before, right? Like it's yeah. all there. And so when I realized that, it was just like, okay, I just got to figure out the mental things that are in my brain and just like open the door and go, okay, there's the next hole, next hole. Anyway. Yeah. All right. I want to move to the next topic. We're getting short on time. Yeah. Is business, like, is business everything for you? No. And what I mean, like, what, what is, what's the other side of Steve outside of business? Because we're going to, I want to talk about relationships next. And that's where I'm going with this relationship with wife, kids, family, things yeah. of that nature. But like, dude, your business, I mean, like you, that's everything that's everyone sees online. Steven Larson is the king of offer creation, funnels, business, scaling, money, capitalist pig, get rich. Yeah. Is that it? Like, I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but is there another side of Steven? Is there a bigger driving motivational factor or, or factor in your life that drives you outside of business? Something that you're yeah, building yeah. outside of business. You know, it's funny as I'm in this cool transition right now where, you know, we're not like, if I was to not work, we still have enough systems and assets put together that we're, we're okay. 
And um, so it's a transition point for me. Um, I do believe in hustle, but I think hustle till you die is kind of a destructive thing and it's unrealistic. <laughs> so I believe in hustle, especially getting stuff out the door. But then after a while, it's like, you got to raise your stakes a little bit. Otherwise you start to lose motivation in the business in the first place. Like it's got to be helping someone. It's got to be helping doing something of value in the marketplace. Right. So the side of me, like, um, I, I love music. Most people probably don't know that I sang in musicals. Really? Um, I was, hmm. Yeah. I was in choirs since fourth grade. I had leads in two musicals in high school. I sang in a band. I played the drums for four years. I played the piano for about six years. I love music. Like it is anyway, it's my favorite. One of my favorite things to do in the evenings is discover new music. So hmm. people probably don't know that about me that much. Um, yeah, super into that. I listen to a lot of comedy. It's one of my ways of coping. Hmm. And, uh, you know, cause there's jerks, man. It's just funny how loud they get. When they yeah. <laughs> so so I, I cope in various structured ways. Um, uh, music is a big one. Comedy is a big one. Um, funny enough, mowing the lawn, very therapeutic for me. Something yeah, simple like that. I would agree with that. Airsoft, more aggressive sports. Um, about to go get into jujitsu because I keep telling Russell I'm going to choke him out one day. <laughs> yeah, good luck. He's going to rip my shoulder out, man. <laughs> those are your like those are your stress relievers. Those are the things you do to unwind. Those are the things. I mean, those are your hobbies outside of it. Yeah, but like, what's interesting is like I think people. I don't know. I feel like the expectation for what relaxing is, is can be very, it's very personalized. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like some of my best ideas happen when I'm doing those activities and I'll run upstairs and be like, run to a whiteboard and say, Oh my gosh, everyone has two markets. That's when I realized that as I'm mowing the lawn, you know, uh, doing something else actually and learning those lessons applies back to what I do so much because it's very principle based um, instead of like, you know, flash in the pan based. Um, anyway, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things I do to, 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 to chill out and relax. That's good. So I, are you, I only work like nine to five, nine to oh, six. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah, you, but most people don't know that. And, and okay, so that's my next question here, right? So you just work, you work nine to five, nine to six, whatever that is, you have your designated or designated work time because, yeah. and I assume that's because you have a family. Yeah. Yeah. Three little girls. I'm daddy too. So your, your <laughs> husband, daddy, three girls. Uh, so I am in a relationship now. Awesome. And I'm at a point where I'm like, all right, I'm 25 years old, right? Like, yeah, yeah I mean, like, I have to start thinking about longer term things. But like, yeah, I, I had the realization, I don't know, this was a few, few months ago. Uh, no, I, I should tell you where it exactly was. It was when Kyle died. Was yeah. the, the shift of priority in my life that changed. And I remember I was telling someone this at the, the, when we were at the funeral. I said, my entire life, and I did a podcast episode on this exact topic. My entire life up until this point was my business and then some other things, right? It was business first, everything. If you walk into my apartment, dude, I don't have a living room. My living room out there, there's an eight foot long whiteboard. There's a green screen on the other side. There's like, I don't have couches and TVs or whatever. Like my life, my everything about it is optimized for me and my business. And then all of a sudden, brother dies, priorities change, your whole life gets thrown upside down and you go, okay, there's other things that are important family for me became super important, obviously, you know, during that time. How do you balance a relationship with your wife and kids and still run the business that you do? Because like, Steven, like you're crazy. I'm crazy. Like you, <laughs> I've said this a million times. I am not going to be an easy person to be married to. Holy cow. Right. 
And I know, so how does that work? What does that relationship look like? I mean, I'm sure your wife is incredibly understanding, but how do you set those expectations? Yeah. So uh, some very honest conversations, you know, and when we were dating, I was like, just, you know, like I plan on being rich. <laughs> she, she laughed at that. And, and, you know, cause that's understandable. And, uh, but I said, just, you know, though, like that is the, um, and just, you know, I plan on being an entrepreneur and I plan on, and I was already telling her like, these are the things I want to go do. Um, and, uh, I was super into financial markets and we were doing, I was doing some options, paper trading and stuff. And it's fun. And, um, anyway, I think life balance cannot come from a definition from the outside. <laughs> I think balance is a facade. Um, and I think for the most part, it's not real because you can't really define it. And since it's not definable, it's very challenging to say, I want life balance because you don't know when you're hitting it. Right. So instead, what I have to go do is say like, well, there's seasons. And I think of the life instead of seasons. And so hmm. uh, my kids now, you know, my, my, my oldest girl, she's going to turn six soon. And I'm going to start entering the season where I want to be in their memories, you know? And so I'm starting to look more at my business. And this is what a lot of focus of 2019 has been for me is how can I systemize more of the business and remove me? And it's working, but you know, it's a slow process. Um, and so I'm in a spot though now where I'm like, Hey, I want to pull this stuff out. And my wife would have said, let's go on this trip here. Let's do this. I'm taking more vacations this summer than I have in the last like six years. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, so I think the seasons of life and when people compare themselves and like brand new stage one entrepreneurship, they're like, Hey, I'm going to go do all this cool stuff. Well, this person takes a vacation every single quarter. Like that's great. But like entrepreneurship also comes in stages. You can't compare a stage one entrepreneur to like a stage 10. Yeah. They're going to think there's terrible, you know, right. comparing them to themselves and them to yesterday is like the biggest key. I feel like of achieving like this inner peace we all want in terms of life balance and things like that. Um, so me against me and me against yesterday, that's like one of my core beliefs and me against yesterday. If asking myself that a year ago, there's not a chance I would be even thinking about some of the things I am now. It's just, they all come in like their own time and season. Yeah. And I had to learn how to put on the blinders. This is a big part for my identity too. Yeah. I had to put on the blinders and say like, I'm not there and that's okay. I want to go there, but I'm not there. And this is where I was yesterday. So I'm still progressing. And then just stop looking at the clock, you know, put the head down and just move. Otherwise we judge ourselves based on it too much. I don't know did, if I answered your question. No, you did for sure. You know, hundred percent. Did you ever, did it, you ever struggle during, I mean, I know you've worked late nights, all nights, yada, even at ClickFunnels before you were out on your own. Do yeah. you ever struggle when you wished you could be in the family time when you had deadlines to meet and you're like, I, I just got to get these done. Totally. Um, definitely. You know, I'll even tell you like during launches at ClickFunnels, there were many times when Russell and I did not want to be there. And um, uh, like truly we would rather be doing so many other things. And uh, it's those moments, you know, where I think a lot of powerful things can happen to your character to just get it done, get it out the door, get something out and, uh, and launch the thing. But it's also the reason it's really fascinating. You know, I really believe that competition is not actually that real because I agree, yeah. few people are willing to do what we do. And uh, so if I do anything, <laughs> it's like good enough, Yeah, you know, anyway. No, I understand that entirely. Okay. Uh, I have a bunch more questions, but I'm not going to get to them all. I'm going to, there's one 
one and a half more topics that I want to quickly cover. I want to be respectful of time. Yeah. Um, you are religious, Mormon, right? Christian. Yeah. I'm Christian. So, you know, very similar uh, yeah. belief systems there. How much would you say uh, your faith has played a part in your business, how you run your business and, you know, things of that nature? Massive, like ridiculous levels mm. of influence. Um, in fact, uh, and some of it not always being tr- like true, right? So you're raised and you think certain things about religion or the way God thinks about you or even money. And uh, then you realize like, oh man, that's actually not true. Wait, God is completely rich. He has all the resources, but just has the right application of them. Okay. Yeah. So then money's not evil. The love of it is, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't go actively get it. Right. You know, like, and I have very religious people who reach out to me. This is a consistent thing now. And it's so sad to me and they will bash me. Yeah. Openly telling me that I'm going to hell. And uh, that uh, because I like capitalism, that, you know, that I'm going to burn. It's yeah. like, so how the opposite of religion right now, man. Right, right. Like literally, exactly. The totally opposite of that. How do you, I mean, like, I know a little bit more about your backstory than we have time to go into, but like your family eh, probably didn't support you necessarily on every step of the journey. Um, how do you no, they, deal? They totally did. Yeah. Even like extended, I mean, like extended family and like people beyond that. Ew. Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I've never stopped to ask. Okay. So let me ask you this. One of the things that I had struggled with is that I believe my parents to be good. Okay. And we're getting a, you know, a little bit more vulnerable there. And sure. my parents and I disagree on things, especially when it comes to religion. And I'm a Christian, they're Christians and I love them to death. I believe they're going to heaven. I'm going to heaven, like the whole nine yards. Yeah. But like, there are certain things when in my mind I go, like, I am hesitant to do something, even though I don't have a problem with it simply because I'm like, what if, what if I'm wrong? And right. what if my, what if my mom is right? Or my dad's right? What if that person that I respect is right? even though they've been wrong on a lot of other things, right? And, and I haven't had a problem with it. What if I go and make this mistake? I go get rich or I go do this or I go, and they're wrong and I'm wrong. And all of a sudden I look back and go, dang, I wish I, wish I wouldn't have done that. Do you ever worry about that? Do you ever worry about being wrong with your religion or how you go about living it? I should, your faith, not religion. No, no, it's fine. Um, no, I don't, I don't worry about it. Um, what, I've, what I believe is that, this is my honest belief with this, is that God would rather have me, God would rather have me follow him and be rich than follow him and be poor because my capacity to go help other people goes way up. And that's one of the driving things that keep me moving. Um, so I think what he cares about personally is intent. And so what is the intent that I am moving forward on whatever I do in life? And if it's with the intent to do good and be good, and uh, it doesn't mean I have to give it all away, but if I'm there to be um, something and a symbol, and not symbol is a bad term for it, but like for people to follow, yeah, because some people just need permission. You know, most people, most, right. And so if I'm able to go do that, he becomes my partner. And I can't tell you how many times I've had what I feel is answer to prayer, direct inspiration on certain things in my business. And it actually freaked me out the first few times because I'm like, but I thought like this was a weird zone, you know? And a lot of Christians I find have that. And, uh, when, especially when it comes to business and money and, um, um, yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, even in Russell's office, he's extremely religious as well. Um, and direct inspiration on product names, man. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Awesome. And uh, we, we just, we all believe. It's funny. I, I do, and I've said this before, when I walk into ClickFunnels, um, and I hope that my employees feel this when they walk into my office, I, will feel, I feel like I walk on hallowed ground a little bit. And that might, might sound sacrilegious, but the work that's done and the work that I do, I... I'm so married to my cause on what it is that I'm doing that 
I don't see why I can't get answers from God on why I'm doing it and how to help. I love that. I love that. Okay. Last question here. You can kind of keep it shorter if you'd like. What's one thing, this is actually a question from someone in your Facebook group. What is one thing in the world that like just makes you sad or upset or angry that you're on a mission to go and change like injustice in the world or or something of that nature? Handouts. Really? Without without a question. Hmm. Hands down. I am the capitalist pig. And, um, I call myself that because this is what drives me just absolute bonkers. Okay. It drives me nuts. I go ballistic makes my blood boil when I was in college, right. Or when I was living on the East coast for a while and I did a little mission, you know, I did a mission for my church. Um, there were tons of people who actively did not make, um, um, who actively did not make a certain amount of money so that they could keep qualifying for welfare. Right. And then they get pissed at me when I legally find ways to pay less taxes. <laughs> and I'm like, that's backwards. And this is the difference between socialism and capitalism. I am vehemently against socialism. I'm not against helping people. I think we should all help people. Yeah. It's as true in my religion as like, we should help people. And I know I over deliver because that's one of my like core things. But like for me to go in and save money on taxes legally, because tax paying is not patriotic. <laughs> not, right. But a lot of times we feel like it is. Yeah. And then when people go in and say, well, I'm going to go do this, or I'm not going to feel a personal growth that I could and actively fight not getting paid amounts because I'm going to go get this handout. I'm actually, I think that's wrong. I think I it's that. actually fundamentally wrong. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do a couple bullet uh, for rapid fire questions for you just here at the end as we wrap it up. But it I want to uh, give, give you like permission. One of the things that we do about Think Different Theory is not just for entrepreneurs, but for anyone that wants to go achieve success, to go yeah. out and achieve their dreams, achieve their goals. One of the things that you have created and that has you have done and it's absolutely awesome is get, helping people learn how to start with affiliate marketing and uh, with affiliate outrage or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you have time to go into that at all, but like, where can people find out more about that? Because that's something I absolutely love and would love to help promote there. Yeah, yeah. This uh, um, affiliate outrage was created because uh, if you can't even sell someone else's product, it's very hard to sell your own because you get too focused on the product and not what sells it. So I love affiliate marketing because it's like selling and marketing training wheels. If you can sell someone else's product, same principles go to start selling your own. So I think it's a great place to start to learn. Awesome. And is that affiliateoutrage.com? Affiliateoutrage.com. Affiliateoutrage.com, guys. Go check that out. It's amazing. I love the program. Uh, actually, I did a segment for it. Yeah, that one? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. It. It's awesome. Go check that out, affiliateoutrage.com. We'll drop Free. the link in the description. <laughs> okay, uh, rapid fire questions. One, you're on your deathbed. Everything that you've done in life, you have absolutely no, like it's, it's gone. It's disappeared. Everything's wiped away. But every single person that you've touched in life and that you've affected, you get to leave them with one lasting message. What is that message? Really, uh, you know what? It's got to go back to the ob- obstacles, the way thing right now. You're willing to do that. You can do like anything in life. And the, I, I, love, I love the self-power that comes from capitalism, you know, and moving forward and overcoming obstacles and growing. Do you have any pet peeves that you intentionally or absolutely will pay more for to avoid? Taxes. Tax. You'll pay more <laughs> to avoid taxes? No. <laughs> so meaning I meaning- don't mind paying them and I legally seek ways to drop them. I hate the act of paying them. Dude, I hate paperwork. I hate paperwork so bad. I pay other people to do pretty much all my paperwork for everything. Cool. Do you have a preferred method of travel? Flying. Flying? Uh, favorite airline? Not really. Not really? Um, favorite food? Um, I don't really have one. <laughs> Dude, okay. I'm like super easy. And last question, 
if you had to start all over and you had one book to go off of that you could only read one book for the next five years as you were going through and building your life, you lost everything and starting over, uh, what book would that be? I feel like the cop-out answer is the 30 days book because that's what it's about. <laughs> yes, well, but I'm talking five years specifically for you. You have everything that you know now. Sure. Um, I would say either Play Bigger or Expert Secrets. Play, play Bigger or Expert Secrets. Awesome. Yeah. Steven, this has been an amazing interview. Guys, uh, this week has been all about the relaunch or the repush of uh, the Think Different Theory. Steven, you have the spot. This is the final interview, the big one. Um, we've been talking about mindset and identity and things like that. We have dropped a new uh, little guide, the MindShift Playbook. So link that in the description. Make sure to get that. This is what this is all about. It talks actually a lot about what we talked about there with identity shifts and the mental false beliefs and whatnot. Um, I'll link that in the description as well. Steven, thank you. I know you're busy. I know we went a little bit over time, but thank you. Thank you. Seriously, you have been an amazing inspiration for me and have taught me so much. Any last minute things that you want to say to anybody on the podcast here? Just go get after it. You know, um, I actively belittle my goals so that they don't seem as scary. And I would just do that and just start moving forward and cannot, cannot compare yourself to other people or you will die as an entrepreneur, especially. So go get them. I love it. Steven, thank you so much again. Guys, this has been, and I want to say exclusive, but I know other people have interviewed you, an exclusive interview between Josh Forty and Steven Larson on the Think Different Theory. Uh, as always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are literally the ones that change the world. It's not a hypothetical. It's not a, a cliche saying. It's actual fact. I believe it for myself. Steven has proved it from that. Um, I love you all, and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh Forty or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.